0: From the New Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church in East Dublin, Georgia, this is the podcast. Reverend G. Diane Lewis is an endorsed federal chaplain of the African Methodist Episcopal Church and is the chief of chaplain services for the Charlie Norwood VA Medical Center in Odessa, Georgia. She's a wife, a mother, and a gifted preacher, teacher, and pastor. Rev. Dr. Lewis joins the podcast as we discuss her career, her faith, and how to minister in a hospital setting in the middle of a pandemic.
1: I'm really pleased to welcome uh, Rev. Dr. G. Diane Lewis, an AME-endorsed federal chaplain and so much more. Uh, Dr. Lewis, Reverend Dr. Lewis, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you. Glad to be a part of this great uh, gathering on tonight. Thank you, Pastor.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure to have you. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is my opinion of you, watching from afar and, and and sometimes close up, is that you drip with leadership. I mean, just all the things that you're involved in and all the things that you do, so let's first talk about what is an AME, African Methodist Episcopal Church, endorsed federal chaplain. How does one become that? What, what is the, what's that all involved? And I know that's a, just a small part of who and what you
2: are. Well, thank you. Um, it, it always excites me when persons ask me that question because I'm um, just um, pleased to serve as a chaplain so I currently serve as a um, chaplain in the VA Medical Center VA that's Veterans Affairs Medical Center in Augusta Georgia so the process of becoming a federally endorsed AME chaplain um, is to be a member of the uh, um, African Methodist Episcopal Church is what AME stands for and to first of all I would believe have the call uh, to serve as a chaplain and be willing to go to serve as a chaplain. So our requirements to um, be an AME-endorsed um, federal chaplain uh, in our church uh, means that you have to have the full support of the Episcopal District Uh, which you are part of. So I am a member of the 6th Episcopal District. Um, Bishop um, Reginald T. Jackson is the presiding bishop there. So you have to have an endorsement from the bishop who says that this person is capable of carrying out that responsibility and I believe that person would be a good candidate. And so once you get past that process, then I, then the AME um, Church has a chaplain's commission. And the responsibility of the commission is to certify uh, federal as well as non-federal chaplains. And that is a, a lengthy process because it does a, require a full assessment of your resume along with the um, supportive um, document from your presiding uh, bishop, Um, In that case, as I said, Bishop Jackson, it requires that you go through a full psychological, uh, the full um, process of fingerprinting, um, reviewing all of your um, transcripts from all of the um, higher education institutions that you have attended, and then sitting before a committee so that they can review those documents and ask you questions pertinent to the call To chaplaincy so um, thankfully (laughs) I endured that process Um, in addition to that um, I also completed what is called a one-year residency of clinical pastoral education and that is really a thorough undertaking (laughs) I wish I had enough time to talk about it because it is a process that is layered but the goal of that process is to help the candidate to review and to understand what may be some of the underlying biases or underlying um, um, things that have kind of plagued them throughout life and some issues that they need to confront. And the purpose of that is because as a chaplain, you're always engaged with um, others who have a great number of presenting issues. And until you can address your own, it's hard to help somebody else address theirs. So um, I actually endured or went through one year of clinical pastoral education and have an additional unit uh, through the Masters of Divinity degree. And I'm proud to say as well, um, with my chaplaincy, I also acquired my doctorate of Ministry and uh, Practical Theology for Pastors Chaplains and clinicians, and I'm glad to be able to do all of those. <laughs> wow! Thank and, you.
1: And, and you, you are right. It's it's quite thorough. I had a, a wee taste of uh, of chaplaincy and in, uh, in, in seminary, uh, and uh, it, it is quite a, a a revealing and thorough process. Now, now, yes, let's, it let's is. make sure that, that yeah our audience knows she uh, uh, Reverend Doctor. Uh, Diane Lewis is selling herself way short. She is the <laughs> chief chaplain uh, of uh, of all the chaplains at the Charlie Norwood uh, 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 Veterans Administration uh, Medical Center. So let's talk about that leadership role and uh, the role that you play on staff and uh, and with and with the other chaplains that you're responsible for.
2: Certainly, certainly. Um, again, a privilege, um, a call that I love um to be a part of so as the chief of chaplains at the charlotte Norwood va medical center and i'm i'm speaking on behalf of my role even as an endorsed ame chaplain because as a uh, and to work in the medical center you have to be endorsed by your denomination so they go hand in hand and that's for all of the chaplains um, in the in the medical centers and in the VA um, nationwide. So currently, on my staff, um, I do have layers of chaplains. So I have uh, f- currently four staff chaplains, uh, four chaplains who are in residency, and then two uh, four chaplain interns as well. So we have a wealth of chaplains who. Uh, come with um, large um, an array of an experience and education and they are employed um, at the VA Medical Center so I have the great honor of providing leadership and guidance to that um, whole team um, whom some are um, military and others are uh, civilians um, who work through uh, my leadership so It is my responsibility to make sure uh, that we provide a program of um, pastoral education um, and training for our um, interdisciplinary teams and to operate as an advocate so I get an opportunity to oversee, um, that our chaplains are carrying out that responsibility as well as to plan, design, and implement uh, programs of religious and spiritual care for our veteran patients, and we have um, approximately 450 um, patients that we see on a regular basis. Um, and to work along with our medical center leadership team, better known as the PINPAD. Um, which includes the medical center director, assistant director, associate director, chief of staff, and the associate director of um, patient care. If there are any concerns or questions regarding any religious or spiritual matters, then I serve as the subject matter expert to advise the uh, medical leadership team as well as any of the other Uh, service lines in our medical center as to what is appropriate, what is policy, what is procedure, how to um, carry out um, whatever they're um, asking. So that rollout is throughout the year um, because we do have several religious uh, services throughout the year. Um, Currently, all of my chaplains are, are Protestant. Um, But we are seeking to have a Catholic priest who would um, operate as part of our team, and we have um, verbal contracts with other faith groups in the community to make sure that we provide the uh, pastoral care as desired and um, needed by the particular patient. And so I get get the opportunity to oversee that, as well as uh, sometimes to teach. We have a class, so all of our residents and interns, a part of their training includes education. And so I get the um, opportunity to interview um, candidates, uh, to have to select those candidates, um, and to educate those candidates through the process of didactives. Um So I enjoy the leadership that I provide to the medical center and to our chaplain staff. I um, myself think I have one of the best staff around, and I do contribute that to um, the leadership because I believe in being um, very supportive of my chaplain um, group and um, helping them to be the best chaplains they can be and to provide the best pastoral care and ministry that we can provide for our veteran patients Um, we also provide that service to their families and to our staff as needed and so we just try our best to make ourselves available uh, wherever we need it um, for the cause of ministry
0: Join us this Saturday January 16th at 3 p.m. for the New Bethel Book Club as we discuss A Promised Land, the first of two planned presidential memoirs by Barack Obama. Don't worry if you've not finished the book or just getting started or haven't even read the book at all. All our long discussion will include highlights of the book and recorded interviews with Mr. Obama. We'll be live on Facebook in June, so go to our website NBCDublin.com for more information. The New Bethel Book Club, Saturday, January 16th at 3 p.m. on Zoom and on Facebook.
1: Let's duck back a little bit and and, and go to your early years. Um, you grew up in Delaware.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am proud to say I am a native Delawarean. <laughs> I uh, grew De- up in... Delaware's, and-
1: <laughs> a, Delaware's a big deal right now. <laughs>
2: Yes, it is. I'm proud to watch TV every day and hear Wilmington, Delaware mention and hear uh, President-elect Joe Biden's uh, name mentioned, a Delawarean who um, I met many years ago, even as a a youngster growing up in the AME church. Uh, we had the opportunity uh, to work as YPDers, that's the Young People's Department, to Um, helped to campaign on his behalf and um, I I remember that like it was yesterday as well as um, um, my early years included working in the school system with high school seniors and so I had a group of seniors that I was able to take up to the Capitol building so that we could um, sit in on one of the congressional setting set sessions as well as um, to take uh, some photos with the president-elect so uh, great history from Delaware that's where I was born and raised um, in Sussex County Delaware but I've lived in each county uh, through ministry um, which moves us around all of my wow. school and uh, my early years are from from Delaware. So I graduated um, high school from Central high, um, high School, which is in Georgetown, Delaware, and attended um, Historic HBCU, um, Delaware State. It was Delaware State College then, and it's now Delaware State University. Um, and so I'm proud to be a, uh, a graduate of that great HBCU. And to provide ministry in Delaware, that's where I began um, my ministry and call. Um, I've served a total of 26 years in ministry, but most of those years were um, in the churches um, and throughout Delaware.
1: Wow, wow. Now and and yes. you have that in common with our with our bishop Bishop Jackson is from Delaware yes and is also a proud graduate of Delaware State as well so so, so yes is, I've I've,
2: I've known Bishop Jackson all of my ministry as well um, and I'm honored to be able to serve under such great leadership as Bishop Jackson um, as a native Delawarean we have uh, members of our. Um, of our state uh, who we are super proud of and he is certainly one of them
1: that that is great well we're glad that delaware has loaned us uh both just mr jackson and you uh and in, in the leadership that you brought to us now i also understand that that your husband is a presiding elder in uh the state of uh, uh, serving uh the district in alabama
2: yes Yes, my husband uh, is a, a presiding elder which means he's middle management between that of our higher um uh, leadership which is our bishop to the um local district uh, serving the the congregations and overseeing um churches. So he he has uh 23 um pastors um that he oversees in the area several more churches as some of the churches there are circuit churches meaning there's multiple churches under one pastor but he has um 23 um pastors that he um uh, supervisors I would could say, um, and manages and helps to relay information between them and, and the bishop's office. So in over in Alabama I tell people ask me, well where are you? I said, well it's according to what day it is. <laughs> so a part of my responsibility along with him as a presiding elder is to serve as the um, Camden District and we like to call it the celebrated Camden District um mm-hmm. consultant and that's to provide support to the ministry of presiding elder and to assist in any way that I can. So I enjoy that that as well.
1: And I think one of the ways you're assisting right now is you are uh, a pastoring a church in the district.
2: I am I am um, supporting uh, the work of the ministry at Wilson Chapel AME Church and. Grove Hill, Alabama, and I'm um, glad to be able to support that work of ministry. Um, as I said, my pastoral experience is um, a little over 26 years. I won't say exactly when I came into ministry, but uh, oh, no, I'm proud of it. But <laughs> Everybody's like, "You've been in how long?" I'm like, "Yes, it's been that long," um, and I've enjoyed every step of the way. But um, but yes. Um, Right now, and I am serving the great um, church, uh, Wilson uh, Chapel AME, in Grove Hill, Alabama, a small congregation uh, with a big heart, with mm, a very wonderful. big, big, very, very big wonderful. heart. Right now, and everybody understands that the church is um gathered but yet scattered and um i thank god that we can still i can still be a part of providing ministry to those who are committed to um to the church committed to god and committed to stay um connected and so i i believe and see myself as a conduit to keep that connection going um Mm. yes
1: Mm. amen 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 thank you uh, i'm here with uh reverend dr g diane lewis uh a african methodist episcopal church endorsed uh federal chaplain and as you can see just so much more uh, let's talk about COVID right now and 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 how are chaplains and ministers and leaders uh, how do you operate in in, in these COVID times
2: Carefully. <laughs> if, I <laughs> right might, <before> <laughs> if I might say, um, it has been a huge undertaking um, for, for chaplaincy as it has been for all of those who serve in the healthcare arena. Um, but I am grateful that our chaplains are committed to the call of ministry even amidst the dangerous terrain that we are treading called COVID-19. Um, working in a medical, um, medical facility, in a medical center where there is uh, patients on a daily basis um, has really been a great undertaking um, for my chaplain department. I mean, when the pandemic first occurred um, last March, it was a whirlwind um that we were not expecting um but we we had to act quickly and and we did to make some major changes to the process and the way that we were used to doing ministry it was you know it was like a scrambling let's try this let's try that let's not do this anymore we can't do that anymore such as the gathering of our patients in our chapel um, as you have experienced from other churches in the community, um, we, we we could not do that, and we still have not returned to gathering in the chapel. Our chapel service, services are virtual now, and so that was a big change uh, for us. Um, and to think about all of the layers that go with that, we think in a general general scope as, okay, we're not going to meet, as uh, as a congregation in a chapel, but how do I still provide ministry to those who are sheltered in, especially since a good segment of one of our facilities um, is community living centers or nursing homes, to be able to connect with those patients and to continue to provide them some spiritual support, which is really, really g- grave at this time because persons are, are feel fearful and hopeless and they're away from their families. But um, how can we bring them a sense of comfort and peace and keep them safe as well as to keep all of the chaplains safe? So that's um, – it's been – an (laughs) ever-changing process to get that done I, i gratefully we have done it safely um with our chaplains um when the pandemic first started we sent our group of residents home just to complete their education um virtually with their educators so they were on telework assignment and then to provide some clinical training we were able to get them um, back on board to provide uh, what we call telechaplaincy, and that is to call basically to check on uh, family members of veteran patients who were quarantined or sheltered away and could not be seen. And we still continue that ministry today. And so we really had to reinvent the wheel to come up with different processes. Um, thankful to our National Chaplain Center as well as other. Um, chaplain cohorts around the nation we were able to connect and to share ideas and talk about uh, what works and what doesn't work and what to try Um, so that was a a process that we did um, on a weekly basis for a while just so that we can out could iron out all of the kinks so I can't say that the fabric is smooth right now, but I can say that we are still providing uh, ministry even in an acute COVID environment. Um, and my fa- my my heart goes out to all of the uh, family members of loved ones who they haven't seen in almost a year, and um, family members of loved ones who um, we have lost. Um, down through these last um ten months, and it has been it has been a whirlwind but because we believe and because we trust in god, you know we we continue the work of ministry and we will, and we will not will not stop
1: mm, amen thank you, thank you so much uh as, as we've been talking about I, i've been uh God has kind of led me to, to talk about leadership this year. Uh, we've seen what bad leadership looks like and, uh, over the course of the last several years. Uh, now, hopefully, we're in the dawn where, where we'll see what good leadership looks like, not only at on the national level, but certainly through things that you and your husband and others are doing. So my last question to you, I, I just wanted to, uh, one of the things that jesus did was he he did take rest he did get restful he did uh leave away and have some time for reflection and rejuvenation uh, how what do you do how how do you get that uh rejuvenation
2: <laughs> oh good question i i tell you this pandemic um i i for myself it has it, it's it's been it hasn 't been difficult, but it hasn 't been easy either, because even as much as we say that we 're rest and and get peace when we 're away from it is still with you so i I can confess myself you know probably for the first eight months of of this virus, and which has been most of it, uh, my sleep patterns have changed drastically, and i 'm aware of that, and so I try to um, do things to rest of course we're very limited right now because of social distancing and many um, places that i would consider going to rest are not um, currently open Um, but because i believe in rest and self-care and i preach that and encourage other clergy persons to do that i'm always mindful to do that myself so what i like to do to rest and relax is um, really just to get somewhere and not do anything. <laughs>
0: um,
2: I don't need to exercise to relax, and I do exercise <laughs> as, you say, as a means to relax. Um, you know, uh, sometimes I read a book as a means um, to relax or find something on TV, um, comedy. Um, as a means to relax but i think the best way to relax is just to sit and rest and meditate because the mind the body and the spirit needs it so that it can re-energize rejuvenate and to move forward so i i i I appreciate those times when i when i can clear my mind clear my schedule (laughs) um and just set aside that time and pretty much not do anything, um, and just rest.
1: Mm, I understand. Well, we all look forward to the days where we can – Go back to the to the Delaware Shore. I've had some great times in the Hope <laughs> and some other places. Oh yes. uh, yeah,
2: yeah. So, oh. the beach is one of my favorite places to be. Wherever I go on a vacation, it has to be a tour beach. So yes.
1: Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, Reverend Doctor D G Diane Lewis, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your insights. Uh, I, I, I tell you again, uh, I am a great fan and admirer of you and, uh, just, uh, just blessings to you and keep on
0: doing what you're doing.
2: Thanks again. I appreciated this opportunity.
0: The podcast is a production of two to point ministries in association with the new Bethel African Methodist Episcopal church in East Dublin, Georgia. Our great team that helped put this podcast together includes Annie Ingram, Erica Bland, and Chandler Bland. Mel Bland is our executive producer. NBCDublin.com is your 24-7 worship center for New Bethel. There you'll find sermons, blogs, podcasts, videos, and commentary. I hope that you'll check it out. I'm Marvin Bland, and you've been listening to the podcast. And the next time we upload, blessings,
2: peace, and love.